Uh, welcome back once again. If you're just joining us online or if you're joining us for the first time, um, we know that checking out a new church can be a little weird, and so we're glad that, that, you, that you made it, that you, uh, that you made it through these doors. That's the first step. Um, and uh, for while you're here, we just hope it feels like home. Um, and if it doesn't feel like home, let us know, and we'll, and we'll help you find a church that does, okay? Um, but for today, uh, you're here, and I'm going to talk at you for the next little while, so I hope you packed a lunch. Um, we are on... Um, we are kind of rounding down, um, or like in our initial descent of this series we've been in called Ghost Stories, um, where we're taking a closer look at the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has done throughout the scriptures and what Jesus says is true about the Holy Spirit. And if you are just joining us, I just want to give you a recap of where we've been, because every week kind of builds on the next. Week one, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is God, full stop. Holy Spirit is God, but we believe this God is actually three unique persons, interconnected persons, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And each of those persons play a very specific but equally important role. Now, the first role we looked at, week one, was that the Spirit serves the whole of God uh, by being the tangible but supernatural power and presence of God on earth. Apart from the 33 years Jesus was walking among us on earth, the Spirit has been the literal presence of God hovering over the waters of humanity, breaking in to push forward the Father's will and the Son's command. So that was week one, the power and presence. Week two, we talked about how that power is always with us every step of the way on this journey of faith. He's faithful, he is constant, he is steadfast, and he is always here even now. Amen. Amen. No, you cannot. Thank you, Jesus. I got to keep going, Donna. Keep listening, okay? He's here with us every step of the way. Week three, um, we were gone last week um, for a friend's wedding in, the, in uh, the Midwest, but Pastor Derek was here last week preaching, and what an amazing first message here at Highlands. As he explained, as he explained that the Spirit who is always with us and always present, he, he, he's here. Jesus sent him to us to lead us, his people, into all truth and teach us all things so we might know God more and live more faithful. And if you missed the message, I just want to encourage you to go back, any of these messages, go back, catch up on YouTube or on the podcast, because it was just, it's been a really thoughtful and enlightening series so far for us. But all that said, it brings us up to today, week four. Uh, we'll be wrapping up next week, but week four today, and we're going to be talking about how the Spirit not only leads us into truth, but the Spirit is also working to guide us and all of humanity into a brave new future of faith. Holy Spirit is here, sent by Jesus to lead us, all of us, and all of us, into his preferred future, a new future, one step at a time. Jesus puts it like this in John chapter 16. It'll be on the screen. It says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And if you're taking notes today, you can, you can write this down as kind of the big idea and concept for our morning, that the Spirit is here to guide us into a new future. A new future, every step of the way, one step, then another, then another, then another. 
And as I was preparing for today, just kind of thinking through um, how this reality of God's presence wants to lead us forward, I, I was just, I was, I was kind of thinking through, has anyone here ever felt led by God? Thank you, hands. This is amazing. Easy audience today. This is great. Has anyone ever felt led by the Spirit to do something or to go somewhere? Yes. Might be something big like, hey, go marry that guy, right? Or something small like, don't eat the clams at the buffet, you know? <laughs> like, there, there's all sorts of things that the Spirit speaks. Um, but has anyone ever felt led by the Spirit to go or do or be? I know, I know for me, there have been a, a few key moments of my journey of faith where the Spirit just kind of jumped into my story and interrupted my best laid plans for something better. Even though the better that the Spirit was inviting me into didn't always look like the best for those watching. Let me explain. So, so the first of these moments for me was when I was 23, the year of the Lord, 2004. I got a photo for reference in case anyone wants to see what... Come on. Come on, Steve. Where's Steve? You see that hair? I made it work. Where's your bandana, bro? Let's make it. Anyway, you can clear that. I don't want Steve. I don't want you to get jealous of that vibe. But so listen, it was that was my era. I, it was uh, 2004. I was 23 years old. I was hanging out with my buddy named Rome. Some of you know Rome. Um, and and we went to see a movie. We went and grabbed some dinner. And then I, I eventually made my way back to Oshkosh, where I was living, 20 minutes down the highway. And y'all, it was cold. It was like a February night just cruising along when I saw something in the sky. I kid you not. So I pulled over, and it was totally freezing, and so I left the car running, and then, you know, I took a few steps away from the car, and I looked up, and I saw what looked like someone painting the sky with light. It was the northern lights. Has anyone seen the northern lights? And I looked up just absolutely stunned, and, and in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit trying to capture my attention. And just a little bit of a backstory, as you saw in the photo. At this point in my life, I was on a journey, y'all. I was playing music in this band that wasn't really going anywhere, but it was still the dream. I invested so much of my life into this pursuit, and I was insistent on chasing it wherever it would take me. But now, here I am, in the middle of a Wisconsin winter, captured by these lights, orchestrated by Jesus, who holds all things together. When out of nowhere, I, I hear this message coming out of my car. And it was a friend's song. A friend wrote this song called Exodus. And at the time, it was at just the right time, I hear these words, these lyrics coming out of the car. And it, and it says, you got to pack those bags. you got to leave this town behind. you got to pack your bags and leave this town behind. And friends, it was like this unexplainable yet crystal clear download from God that my time in Oshkosh was over. The Spirit was calling me into a new future the Father had established for me, and He was using, the Spirit was using everything I knew and everything I loved to capture my attention. Now, I wish I could say that I had listened. I wish I could say that I stepped into this leading immediately, but it took a while. It honestly took years why? Because after it all went down, I, I went to talk to some friends about it, and they all said I was crazy. And just, just a side note before we kind of continue through this, you should know that when the Spirit leads you, it is often met with skepticism. When the Spirit leads you, it's often met with opposition. 
It's often seen as impractical. It's often seen as foolish or even irresponsible. But friends, the Spirit isn't always leading you into what the world says makes sense. Or what might be a step up or what might fulfill your pursuit of happiness. And when the Spirit calls you, it's almost always into places where you will need Him the most. Scriptures are littered with examples of this, and we're going to get to it in just a minute. But I want you to know one more time, the Spirit wants to lead you into the future one step at a time, but that future might not always make sense to those around you. And it certainly didn't for my story. Still, the interruptions kept coming, and I eventually did as I was instructed. I packed my bags, and I left the town behind, moving to Minneapolis to finish up college. And some of you know the story, but from there, I was in Minnesota for the next six, seven years, and I built a life. I became a man. I bought a house. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for the down payment. I got married to the greatest woman in the known world, and, uh, and life was good. It was so good. You know, looking back in that season uh, at where I came from, uh, it was so obvious that God sent me into a season of unexpected blessing and also equipping. I had these opportunities. I had friendships. I had career. I had, I had everything moving in a good and fruitful direction when all of a sudden, out of the blue, the Holy Spirit speaks again. And this time he spoke through my boss, my pastor at the time, saying that he had felt a leading from the Spirit, that, that something new was coming for my family, for us, Rebecca and I. He didn't know what it was, but he just said, I, I need you to be thoughtful about it. And, and I want you to know, I did not want change. I don't know if anyone here likes change when things are good. Anyone? No. I had already changed years before. And I was happy with the change that I had. God already moved me once, and I was pretty satisfied with where he brought me. But, alas, one day, when Rebecca and I were visiting some friends back in uh, Wisconsin, the town that I had left behind, Oshkosh, we both kind of simultaneously sensed God speaking. And just a photo for reference here. This is 2011. My sweet bride walking the streets of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Look at that hair. Isn't that beautiful? I love her. But we were walking the streets of Oshkosh, and we both, God spoke, and it was the most annoying message we'd ever heard. Because in this moment, we both felt the Spirit tell us to move back to Oshkosh to start a church in the most broken part of the city, to be a part of its restoration in Jesus' name. And so we went back to Minneapolis and told some friends about it, and what was the reply you think we got? You're crazy. Why would you ever leave Minneapolis to go to this small town? You're crazy. Why would you leave to go back there? And then we heard some things like, you weren't ready to go. Then we heard things like, you weren't cut out to do the job. But friends, we knew that, that the Holy Spirit was saying that it was a new future he was leading us into, and so we went. And we were there for eight years. Eight years, and in that time, we saw miracles, y'all. We saw God do absolutely incredible things. People freed from addiction. 50 baptisms one summer. It was absolutely breathtaking what God was doing. And we were so satisfied with no intention of slowing down. That is until God spoke again. 2019, photo for reference. Yes, this is us. The first time we came out to see La Crescenta. You can clear that. But this time, in 2019, it was, it was a shared direction through unique moments with Rebecca and I. So it started first when I took a trip to Sweden to help teach at a conference in Stockholm. 
And I was there, uh, this, the, the, the lead guy from our family of churches sat me down and he, and he started talking to me about you, about this place, about First Baptist Church at La Crescenta, a once crown jewel in the country that had survived a few hard seasons and was believing God for a new future. And he thought that we would be a good fit to help move into that new season. But y'all, friends, sitting in Stockholm, I, I was just thinking, I'm happy. I'm happy. I was already happy being led by the Spirit and already seeing the Spirit move in power. I didn't need more than that. I didn't need, so I told him, I told him that day, I was like, I'm not interested. Now here's where it gets a little interesting. So around the same time, Rebecca has a dream. What's the dream about? It's about Los Angeles. For real. And in this dream, she felt a deep burden for the city. And she felt this calling to go and see what was happening here in Los Angeles. And when she told me about it, I was like, huh, that sounds crazy, babe. Why would we ever move to Los Angeles? But over the course of the next season, it became so abundantly clear that our future that this was our future with the Lord, and, and the Spirit was calling us to take our place, and so we did. And how did our friends take it? Take a wild guess. But we just knew. We knew that you, and some of you weren't here then, but we just knew that you and this church were the future that God had for us. And it was a future birthed, friends, from a movement that began in 2003 that carried us from future to future to future to you for such a time as this. And friends, I, I know that you got more than you paid for with that story, but I share it not to make it about us. Not at all, because I was dragging my feet at every single change. But I share it to reinforce this reality that the Holy Spirit is here working to tell us about the future. A new future of greater faith and greater obedience that God wants us to call home. And what's so amazing, kind of back around to the beginning here, is the Spirit is so bought into this future for you that He is committed to lead you there Himself. He's committed to bring you there, which is what we saw in our opening scriptures, Psalm 32, Proverbs 3. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Trust in the Lord. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and what? He will show you which path to take. The Spirit wants to guide you along the best path for your life to bring you into a new future for his glory and your good. Now some of you might be thinking, all right, pastor, I get it. But how do I get it? Like I'm here for the future with God love Jesus. I'm here for the experience. I want to see God do great things. The Holy Spirit, I, again, I'm here for it. But what exactly is it? And, and how can I get there? Good question. Guys, it can be really hard to know where God is leading. Can I get an amen? I would say that it's even harder, though, to follow when it's not what we want. Can I get a louder amen? That was a subtle amen there. can be hard. So what can we do? How can we begin to discern and lean into the Holy Spirit for what's next, in the big and in the small? Well, that's where our, our Holy Ghost story comes in for today in the book of Acts, one of my absolute favorite stories in the scripture. So if you have your Bible, why don't you open up to Acts chapter 16. 
Acts 16, it's the story that we know as the Macedonian call. And I want to give you just a bit of context for where we find this story in the scriptures and also a timeline. You got a timeline that we can throw up there? Yeah, look at that. I made a timeline for you guys so you can see what's happening here. I know, right? This is helpful, isn't it sometimes? Like, how how much time is going by here? All right, so Jesus is born at zero, right? He kind of resets the calendar because he's the best. And 30 years later, we see his public ministry begin after his baptism. Then after three years of ministry, Jesus calls these people. He's eventually arrested, sentenced to death, and crucified before being raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, from there, 33 AD, the promised spirit arrives at Pentecost, filling and giving birth to the church, the church that Saul, or Paul, who wrote most of our New Testament, he despised this church, and he went out of his way to persecute them before the Holy Spirit of Jesus met him and showed him a new future on the road to Damascus. Amazing, right? 33 AD was a pretty big year for humanity, wasn't it? Now from there, that first movement, um, for the next 15 years, the church grew, the church spread as it followed the lead of the Spirit, and much of that growth came from Paul, from this man named Saul in Acts, and it brings us up to Acts chapter 16, somewhere around 49 or 50 AD. Now, at this point in the story, Paul had been walking faithfully with the Spirit for over a decade. He was filled and on fire for Jesus, and he wanted everyone to know. And so he decided to go out on this epic missionary journey. He gathers up some pals, some friends, and they chart a course to go visit some places that they had vested in previously. To go and see how they're doing, to see how they can help. And and I want you to know this plan that was brought up in Acts 15, 16, it, it was a really good plan. And this plan made a lot of sense. They cared about these people, they cared about this church, and these people could really benefit from having them come and invest in them again. So that was the plan. A reasonable, responsible plan. Turns out God had another in mind. Check this out. It starts in with a lead-in from Acts 15. It'll be on the screen. It says, After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we had previously preached the word of God, word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work, their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches there. Now, this is where it kind of gets really cool, starting in chapter 16, verse 4. It says, Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger each day. Here's where it gets wild. Verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through to Mysia, to the seaport of Troas. Pause there for a second. What, what, What do we see here? Paul and guys. Paul and the guys. They had a plan to go back and check in on all these churches that they'd previously planted. But verse 6, it says, as they were making their way, the Holy Spirit prevented them from going. 
The Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in Asia. Then the Spirit did it again in verse 7. Coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to Bithynia. But again, no dice. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Wild, right? And so instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but this must have been a pretty confusing move of the Spirit. What, like, what is, why would the Spirit want to stop them from doing a good thing? Why would the Spirit want to hold them up from caring about these other churches? It's because the Spirit was leading them into a new future. Not, not just for them, but for the entire world. Check this out from verse 9. It says, as they waited in the seaport, of, uh, the seaport city of Troas, verse 9, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded, having concluded that God, the Holy Spirit, was calling us to preach the good news there. Just imagine what his friends would have said. Paul, Silas, stick to what you know. Stick to what you, why, why risk going all the way up there when there's already so much good work to do here? I just wonder if anyone here has ever been talked into or perhaps settled for something good when God was calling you into something great. I know I have. It took me three years from that first moment in Wisconsin winter to respond to the call, the call to move from what was to what could be. Three years, and it makes sense. It makes sense because the leading of the Spirit doesn't always seem reasonable. The leading of the Spirit is a risk that takes faith to step into, but it's one we must take if we're to live faithful to our confession. And that's what we see modeled here in our ghost story, Acts 16. So these guys were out. They were doing good things walking into a good plan when the Spirit moved them into a new future through a vision, a dream of what was next. And so they went. They boarded a boat. They were on their way to preach the good news in the region of Macedonia, starting first in the city called Philippi. Philippi. Now you might be thinking, all right, good story, Dave. This is awesome. Thank you so much for this. The Spirit moved. It sounds like a meaningful moment between these missionaries and the Lord, but what is the big deal? Well, let me explain. So when they landed in Philippi, they met up with a woman named, anyone know? Lydia. Thank you, Bible readers. And this woman, Lydia, uh, in the scriptures, it describes her as a woman who worshipped God. And so from there, they shared with her the gospel, and she gave her life to Jesus. And she was baptized, and a church was formed in her house. But not just any church. No, this was actually the first known Christian church outside of the Middle East in what we now call Europe. See, in the first century, Philippi was a prominent trade city where the Eastern world met the West. And up until this point in the story of the church, the gospel was only focused in the East, the area of Asia. But in Acts 16, it says the Spirit led Paul and company beyond the borders of what was familiar into a new future for them and for the church. And y'all, this moment changed everything. We exist here today, 78, with 78 incredible years of history as this church, because the Spirit first stopped Paul from doing what was good and called him to do what was great. And I, and I hope this is making sense. The Spirit led Paul into a new future, and this moment literally changed the world. 
the gospel spread west and it expanded the church in Europe. It, the, this, this moment created Western civilization. And then it hopped the ocean with those who were seeking religious freedom to then head even further west until it reached this very place 1,900 years later. The Spirit called generations from future to future to future to this future we now call home. And this is what the Spirit does. He stops us and calls us and he leads us and he moves us. He interrupts us with lights in the sky and visions in the night. All for the sake of showing us the future. A future. And what could be with him. A future inspired by and intended for only one thing. And, and that's God's kingdom come on earth. The future that the Spirit is leading us to is always God's kingdom come on earth through his Spirit-filled people. And this is, the, this is the new future the Spirit is working towards. This is endgame for the Holy Spirit, y'all. Like, God's kingdom come on earth. It's also God's kingdom would come through his Spirit-filled people, through us. Through us. And I see that. I see that all throughout my own story, the Spirit has always been leading me, interrupting me, stopping me on the side of the road, and giving our family visions about what's next. But it's never been for me. It's never been so I would experience cool things or have a comfortable life. No, the, the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit in my story have always been so God's story might take new ground. So God's story might be known. It's always about the continued advancement of God's kingdom on earth. From when the Spirit called me out of my slumbering 20s in Oshkosh to plant roots in Minneapolis, to when God called us as newlyweds out of what was very, very good to take a step back, according to the world, where I would join him in the redemption of a city that most would write off, to then uproot us again to follow his lead here to a new future in a legacy church that had been in decline for 30 years three months before COVID shut the world down. Not the greatest bet, right? But now what do we see? We see a great renewal of his church through the Spirit on the other side. On the other side of obedience. Are you tracking? Everything the Spirit does is for this intention. The movement, the expansion of the kingdom through his people. Through all his people. Rebecca and I are not unique in this. The Spirit wants to use all of his people, all of you, to take new ground in Jesus' name. And I am absolutely convinced that he is calling you even now into your greatest possible future of faith, calling you to follow, to follow like we heard in, in Psalm 32, along the best pathway for your life. He is. If you're a Christian, then God has massive plans for you. You are like First chair, okay? First chair. You see, I see that smile. First chair in the kingdom of God. You are starting lineup. You are on the A-team. You made varsity number one draft pick for his kingdom work, wherever the Spirit is calling you. And this is key, and, and I need you to hear me when I say this. No one will be more effective in reaching your world for Jesus than you in the place that God calls you. Because he called you there and he has placed you there in this new future with him for a reason. And that reason has always been that his kingdom would come. And his will would be done. That salvation would flow and redemption would find a home. 
It's always been for love and grace, all for his glory and our good. And this is what the Spirit does as he calls us into a new future. So, lots of context, a lot of backstory. What can we do? Because again, this is, this is tough. So what can we do and how can we begin to sense the Spirit's call and to follow the Spirit in, uh, into what's next? How can, we, how can we learn to decipher between what is our own minds, what's a bad taco the night before, or, you know, like all the different things that we might feel leading us how can we know? Galatians 5 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. But what does this look like? And how can we actually step into the future with Him so the world might know what God is like? Well, before we go, I want to give you two quick things that will help you in this practice. And just a heads up, next week we're going to be talking more about how the Spirit equips us and empowers us to do this good work with Him. But for today, I just want to wrap up talking about what it takes to discern the Spirit's leading how to hear, and how to respond. And so if you're taking notes, it's just two simple things, and they're both found in our opening scripture of Proverbs 3. Let me read that again for you one more time. It says this. Trust in the Lord, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And that's it. If you want to know where the Spirit is leading you, you need to trust, and you need to seek. Trust and seek, starting with trust. While the idea of trust is probably obvious, it's absolutely essential if you want to know where the Spirit is leading. It's a prereq to discerning the Spirit's direction in your life, because if you don't trust God, if you don't trust that He is real, He's good, His love endures, He is faithful, if you don't believe these things about God, that He loves you and leads to peace and wants to use your life for His glory, if you don't trust that the Spirit knows what's best for you, in Psalm 32, that he will guide you along the best path, then, then you'll never be able to discern where he's leading. So the question I have for you today is, do you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Or do you still depend on your own understanding? What do you think? Maybe a little bit of both, right? I'm with you. But guys, I want to trust God with everything. And I know you do too. So how can we trust God more? Well, the best way to trust God more is to remember when he was already trustworthy. To, to look back on all the ways that he has led you from future to future and brought you down the best path for your life. Trusting God is a decision you make that is supported by the past. It is a decision that's supported by the past. So look back and remember Look back and remember what he's done. We just sang about this, right? What he's done, what he's done. All glory and the honor to the Son, what he's done. So what has he done for you? What has he done in you? What has he done with you? When you look back on your life, how has he been faithful? How has he come through? How has he brought you from future to future? How has he opened your eyes and opened your ears? How has God met you in moments this has to come first if we want to build trust. We must remember what God has done before so we might trust him more with what he'll do next. We need to trust. That's the first thing. And then as we trust him, we need to begin to seek his direction. And again, where we're, um, trust is a decision that's supported by the past. Seeking is actually an action inspired by the future. 
So trust is a decision that's inspired by what was, but seeking is an action that's built on trust, and it's inspired by the future. And just like Pastor Derek said last week in his message, even though the Spirit is here working to show us the future, he's not always going to, like, Jonah and the whale you into it, okay? The Spirit, he might, but he's not always going to force you to move from good to great. The Spirit's with you, but he's not going to force you to see what's great where you already are. No, he'll call you to it. He'll even bring you there. That's the promise. But it's up to you to seek him. It's up to you to seek him, to seek his will in all you do. Proverbs 3, then he will show you which path to take. Back to my own testimony. I knew the Spirit was trying to show me which path to take that night under those northern lights. I knew it. I knew that the new future was waiting, but I had no idea where it was. I had to seek his direction to discover what's next. And that seeking brought me to Minnesota, where I moved into the dorms at 25 years old and went to a Christian college that prepared me and humbled me to plant a church so the kingdom of God might take new ground. It's all for the kingdom of God coming to earth. From there, phase two, Rebecca and I knew something was coming. Didn't know where it was until we sought the Spirit together, and he showed us together that we were to move back to Oshkosh to start a church. Now, from there, phase three, the Spirit showed us a new future was coming, but we had to literally hop a plane to Los Angeles to see which path to take. We had to seek it. He was always with us. He was always calling and leading and guiding, but it was still up to us to take that first step. One step, then another. One step, then another to seek his will. Spirit, lead me one step, then another. And listen, if any of this sounds a bit nebulous, I get it, uh, because it can be. It can be hard to process this stuff in a world of empirical evidence and post-enlightenment. It can be hard to see the Spirit of God moving in and around us. It can be hard to know how God wants us to jump into his kingdom come on earth, especially when things are good. Man, when, when things are good, to say, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will take me like that can be a hard song to sing because the spirit leads you if he leads you away from what's good or safe or what's comfortable if the spirit leads you away from something you love if the spirit leads you away from something you want or something you think defines you even if you know deep down that wherever god brings you is best it can be hard to take that first step i totally get it and while i wish i could say it gets easier with time every new future we stepped into was hard Every new future meant saying goodbye to something good. Still, we knew it was right. We knew it was right by filtering the call and this decision to, to follow through two key things, and this will be on the screen as well. And this is where I want to end today. I'm just about done. Thanks for listening. In every new future that we felt God calling us into, we always ask God to give us an open heart, open eyes, to see open doors. Open heart and open eyes to see open doors. So if you really want to see the future God has for you, I want to encourage you to do the same. Start every single day by asking God to give you an open heart for wherever he wants most for you. You know, the Lord's Prayer says, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's that same practice, okay? Ask God to give you an open heart. Don't be closed off or think you know what's best. Ask God to give you a heart for the future, wherever it might be. And then every day, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to give you open eyes to see the open doors he's calling you through. Don't try to break down doors that, that, that he's not opening. And, and don't, at the same time, don't blind yourself to where he is leading. You know, ask the Spirit to give you vision to see open doors. And as the Spirit gives you these dreams about what could be, dreams about the future, to give you fresh eyes for what could be and where he's leading, guys, this is how you seek this is how you seek his, his will and his direction. You, you ask for an open heart to receive, and, and you ask for open eyes to see all the open doors he's calling you through. Why? So you might find the new future with him. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave it there for today. We've got a lot to finish up next week, but please, please know that what I'm saying to you and what we've read in the scripture, Acts, Acts chapter 16, everything we've seen today and everything we've talked about is not, it's not just for professional Christians. This isn't just for longtime mature believers or pastors or, or leaders. This is not just for people who, with less public sin or folks that read the Bible in a year or every year. This message is for everyone. Guys, God wants to meet you in this story and call you even now into a new future of faith with him. In fact, he already is. He is here now, and he is calling. You just need to trust him, and you need to seek him in the big things and the small things. Ask him for an open heart, for open eyes to see his open doors. A new future awaits for those brave enough to follow him. A new future awaits for those brave enough to follow future that might go on to change, literally change the course of human history again. Because this is what's possible with the Holy Spirit. So ask him. Trust him. Seek him. And then hold on for the ride of your life, guys. As he leads you down the very best path for what's next. Amen? Thanks for listening. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to thank. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, God, we, we honor you today and we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're leading us. We thank you that you've called us into something that's only possible with you. God, we're grateful that you are so invested in our future, that you are literally empowering every step of the way and you're calling us every step of the way in the big and the small in the miraculous and the mundane, God, you are here with us and you are leading us, calling us into something better, God, that we might play our part and take our part in your kingdom come on earth. And so, God, we just ask that you would lay heavy on us, God, that we would trust you more. God, that we would have ambition and, and that we would have the courage to trust you and seek you. God, that we would ask for open hearts today and open eyes that we might see the best path for our life and the future that you're calling us into. So God, we're so, we're so grateful that, that, that Spirit, that you aren't constantly leading us to the past. That you aren't constantly holding us to where we've been. But instead, God, that you are always alongside and just up ahead calling us into what's better. So God, we thank you for that today. And we honor you. We celebrate you. And God, we just submit to you again as the leader and the Lord of our life. God, Spirit, lead us one step, then another, then another into that new future with you. So God, we thank you, and it's in your name that we pray, and we all said, amen, amen.